Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod coming at you late on a Tuesday night, August 15th with a little update on some NFL news and notes and week one preseason reaction. Cody, we are a couple weeks out from the NFL season, draft season right around the corner. I have my first draft this Sunday, getting pretty excited. How, uh, how are you feeling? Cannot wait. Um, like, uh, well, I guess I'll just actually throw this out there real quick for people who don't know. Nick's probably not going to be shown on the YouTube at all. I don't know how the video comes through, so you just get to see my face for the entire time. <laughs> uh, so enjoy that with these nice facial expressions. Um, but no, I'm, I'm about as pumped as you can get. I mean, we have enough news and enough week one of the preseason this information overload to be able to go through and it's been a long time since we've been able to do that. I am about as excited as I can be to jump back into football. So if it uh, if it wants to speed up a little bit and get here a little sooner, I would not be upset about that. Yeah, absolutely. I am super excited. Uh, in the interest of uh, trying to get this done before my internet crashes again, I'm going to level with the audience here. It is take two for us. So we are uh, trying to get this news out before uh, you know my internet does not cooperate. But Cody, before we jump into the NFL stuff, do you want to throw out your hot take? For sure. Let's go ahead. And I, so since we're having a little bit of video issues here and some internet issues, I'm going to go with my little bit less spicier one. Um, and I'm going to go with, I prefer, which I don't know. Again, I don't know if this is a hot take, but I feel like he could be. Uh, when I am in the shower, I prefer to use the bar soap as opposed to a liquid soap. And I find okay. this a hot take because for the majority of my life, I have used liquid soap. And then I've randomly switched to bar soap within the past six months. And I just feel like the overall shower experience is much better with the bar soap than with the liquid soap. I don't know if it's a smell thing or the way it feels, but I'm a bar soap kind of guy. I don't know if it's a hot take, but there it is. That's that, I would call that a hot take. I, I, I feel like I need a little more from you on this bar soap. I mean, what, what, uh, what, what is the, the appeal here as opposed to the liquid soap? I feel like it's just a slightly more convenient out of the bottle, but uh, give, me, give, me a, give me something here to back up your take. That's fair. I mean, I guess uh, with the liquid soap, I just don't necessarily like how much I would use as opposed to bar soap. I feel like one, the bar soap's more efficient because you don't waste okay. as much as you do with liquid soap. And then the other thing, I don't know, maybe it's just the soap that I have, but it's just like, it's super soft. Like whenever you're using it, it's just like your skin feels amazing afterwards. Whereas I felt with bar soap, it, it just, it felt clean, but it didn't like leave a nice feeling. So Maybe it's the specific bar soap that I got. Um, shout out to Victoria for picking up my bar soap. I should probably know the <laughs> brand while I'm giving it a shout out. But um, I, I trying to get sponsors here, Cody. Well, you know, bring bring shoot me an email. <laughs> it's in the description. <laughs> All okay, right, I like that efficiency. That's uh, that's not bad. I, I was just kind of I was trying to think of a reason that that would be better, but uh, okay, efficiency. I can get behind that. I'm uh, I'm all about being pragmatic about things, but. Uh, my hot take is going to piggyback off of uh, the hot take I had on the last episode about the summer being the worst season, and that is going to be that beaches are overrated. Uh, I think for a lot of the same reasons I did not like summer, I have this take on beaches. I think this may also because um, I'm not on the video today, but I am a uh, very white Irish man of uh, European descent, so the sun is not my friend. Uh, I burn very easily, and I think just beaches in general, I feel like 
I, I just don't get the appeal as much as maybe other people do. I feel like they, they can be a good time if you have a good group of people. You can play some games out in the ocean, but um, I don't know. I mean, I come home sandy. I, I feel like, you know, it. I just associate it with sunburns and bug bites, and uh, it's it's not as good of a time as I feel like everybody else makes it out to be. I, I love the caveat that you threw in there because I was going to say, if you have the right group of people, a beach day can be awesome, whether it's volleyball or spike ball or, you know, throwing a football around in the ocean or whatever you're doing. If you're doing something, I don't mind it. Now, if we are just going to go prop up some chairs and sit exactly. on the beach and just look out into the ocean, like that, that does not have, I don't, I feel like for the majority of guys, that does not have the same appeal as it does to a majority of women. Like, I feel like women can just sit out there, they get their tan, they get the, you know, they get a cocktail, they're just living their best life. And every guy is just sitting there like, oh my God, give me something to do. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot just sit here and watch the waves keep crashing. Victoria calls me a child when we go to the beach together because, I mean, I'm like diving headfirst into waves and stuff like that because I cannot <laughs> sit still. So I, I tend to agree that a, a beach day where like you're just on the beach or you're just like supposed to hang out completely overrated. Now the beach itself, I think is kind of cool. I, I love beaches. I love going there and looking out into the ocean, but after about 15 minutes of looking out, I feel like I've seen what I need to see. Yeah, I think you might be right. The guy-girl divide on that take may be pretty stark. Uh, yeah, like you said. Hey, we the, need a girl tanning. audience. That's, that's hey, all right. That's, Hot takes listen, for the girl uh, audience. I love it. Right, that. exactly. Uh, so, yeah, please uh, hate me in the comments. I'm all here for the smoke. Uh, Cody, let's go ahead and jump into the news and notes. Uh, I actually I have a couple off the top here that came out last night. I'm not going to bury the lead on them. Cody? Oh, yes, go ahead with your drop. Sorry. Oh, it just wants to load. It'll be here in any second. <laughs> okay, never mind. I'll throw it in on the podcast, but it does not want to load because Riverside's being a pain tonight. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Fair enough. Uh, so the Pats have signed Ezekiel Elliott Cody. Uh, I know this one is especially detrimental to you as a Ramondre Stevenson stan. Uh, I think we expected someone to be signed by the Patriots uh, during the training camp session here. So I, I think it could have been worse. But from a uh, Stevenson guy, I will uh, go ahead and throw it to you and let me know how you're feeling about it. Yeah, I mean, hopefully the uh, the guys from our league take this episode off because I've sent about six of them a trade with Ramondre Stevenson going their way. So, yeah. um, I, I, I mean, I, I you knew something was going to happen. I mean, I've been trying to kind of try and see if I can get a little bit of value for them before someone signed. Now it's kind of like now I feel like it's more reactionary. I'm not going to like just go give them away for a you know, like an Isaiah Pacheco level running back. Like it's, he still holds a lot of value. Um, my biggest concern is obviously, I mean, touchdowns are going to be most likely Zeke's. I see him kind of just rolling into the LeGarrette Blount role of like 2015, 2016, when he had just basically nothing but two or three yard or touchdown runs all year. Um, so that's, that's not good. Um, I do think Ramondre is going to be the main um, pass catcher, even with Zeke. So I still think there's some value in half and full point PPR. For me, I was looking at it. Um, I actually don't have our rankings pulled up, but I think I'd move him down. Like whenever I'm drafting now, if he was around the two, three turn or in the third, 
I want to get him around the three, four turn now. I'm hoping that this, this news drives his value down. Um, but I don't see it going down as far as I think some people do. So I'm fine drafting him. I just, hopefully this news pushes his value down quite a bit so he can become more of a value because where he's going now in drafts is pretty much where I'd say his ceiling is with Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there with your last point there. I actually don't view him much differently at all now that Zeke is there because I was of the of the opinion that they were going to bring someone else in anyway. Uh, and again, Zeke is probably the most ideal uh, out of the other veteran running backs that were out there to be brought in here for New England as far as Stevenson's value goes. Yeah, he'll steal goal line touches most likely maybe the occasional third down snap because of his uh, pass protecting prowess. But uh, I think if you're a Stevenson fan, uh, you know, you you're, you're still going to get first and second down, at least the majority of it. And you're still going to get the pass catching, whatever that may be. Uh, the worries I have stand, obviously I think the, uh, the target number is going to come down and the touchdowns are going to be tough to come by, but they were tough to come by last year. I mean, he only had five on the ground and one through the air. I think you can expect at least six touches, uh, touchdowns from Ramondre Stevenson this year, and he still finished, uh, I believe, as RB11 last season. So uh, even if he doesn't get those, we've already seen him have a good year. I just think the target numbers are still a concern, and they would have been with or without Zeke. So I, I like him, like you said, at the 3-4 turn. If it drives his value down, I'm all for it because that's kind of a, you know, I was sort of already expecting this to begin with. I, I don't really change my opinion on him too much. I think he's still a far superior runner than Zeke, so he should see uh, – uh, you should see the bulk of the carries. The one, the yeah. other worry I would say I have is that just Bill Belichick in general, uh, Ezekiel Elliott has not fumbled since 2020. I think it's like 500 carries or something like that. I could see a Stevenson fumbling once or twice in a game and, you know, Zeke becoming the bell call back, even though he's three yards in a cloud of dust, just because that's kind of how Belichick rolls. But, uh, you know, if you, if you avoid that landmine, I don't think this changes his value too much. Yeah, I think I don't know if we put it in our preseason reaction, but I think he had a 47-yard touchdown catch uh, to end his day in the preseason yep. game or something like that. So it was. Still, I think that was in uh, drills and camp. But still, yes, you're right. It was. Oh, it was a. Uh, either way, it was a joint practice. Those are often, honestly, more competitive than preseason games, especially because it's tough to know in preseason games. You know, was the defense playing their starters, uh, this and that. So uh, the, those can often be as informative. I, I Again, I agree with you. I think he's a pretty good player. You should still see the bulk of the touches. I think you're fine. But uh, the, like you said, 3-4 turn, not the 2-3 turn for both of us, I think. And the other big news in the free agent running back world was Dalvin Cook signing with the Jets. This one little bit more of a hefty contract. Zeke came in at, I believe, a $3 million base salary with incentives up to six. Dalvin Cook got a $7 million base salary with incentives up to, uh, I think, a little under nine. So a lot more guaranteed money on the Dalvin Cook deal. I think we expected that, but maybe not to that degree. I was a little surprised to see that. Uh, this was long rumored. Obviously, it kind of took a while to develop after he ended up uh, actually going to visit the Jets, but Give me your thoughts here. How far do you knock down Brees Hall? Uh, do you have any interest in drafting him? And then uh, I guess after you get through the Brees Hall point, just give me your thoughts on Dalvin Cook as a fantasy asset. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for me, it, them, them bringing in Dalvin Cook in the first place was signaling that they just didn't really think Brees Hall was going to be 100% ready at the start of the season. So in drafts, 
I would much rather draft Alvin Cook over Brees Hall. Um, now, with that being said, if we pull up NFC ADP here real quick, Brees is currently going 35. Should that be the 3-4 turn? That'd be right at the 3-4 turn. Yeah, I feel like he's going to fall for sure. I don't know how far because uh, there's yeah. only it's only one day, so who knows how many drafts have happened, but I have to yeah. imagine Brees is going to fall around. So I'm just going to go down a list of running backs that I would take over him. Jameer Gibbs uh, is yes, getting drafted after him. I would take Aaron Jones. I would take uh, Joe Mixon. I would take, I think J.K. Yep. Dobbins. I would now take over Brees Hall. That's, that was a little that bit more riskier, but I would, close. it was close. I think I'd still lean that way. For me, Brees Hall kind of falls into the Damian Pierce, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers category now where – I like I like that they, comp a lot because these are two guys coming back from this yeah, I mean, not the I same mean, ACL injury, but we, very similar circumstances. Yeah, and we talked about earlier that if good news kept coming about about Javante and bad news about Brees, they're gonna be closer in ADP than they were yep. for the entire summer. So um for me I'd probably go Javante. If they're both going around where where Javante's at right now, or maybe, you know, fifth round somewhere in there, I think I'd take the shot on Javante. For me, Dalvin Cook got paid to come in and and at least start as the starter. Um I unless Brees Hall can get fully healthy by midway through the season, I don't think that there's a good chance that Brees Hall out touches Dalvin Cook in very many games this year. So I think it's going to be pretty close to 50-50, but I would bet Dalvin's probably more on the 60-40 side of things. And, uh, and I just don't I, – I could not draft Brees Hall because – especially where he's going to end up going in drafts because you're banking on an injury or him just being the most explosive player in fantasy football with limited touches. So I have a little bit of a different take than you, actually. I, I'm more likely to draft Brees Hall probably now after this Dalvin Cook signing. Uh, I'm hoping he falls a little farther than this. If he sticks in the fourth round, I'm probably right. avoiding him. But I was already avoiding him at that price. I think once he gets into the if he if he can fall into the end of round five or round six in some drafts, I will be pretty interested. Uh, with basically the reason my reasoning here is that I think the Jets already had some pretty good options to spell Brees in the uh, the case that he wasn't ready to start the year. Zonovan Knight looked really good at the end of last year. Uh, Israel Banacanda has gotten a lot of buzz uh, out of camp in New York Jet and uh, for the Jets. Uh, Michael Carter, obviously, he's he's been kind of a serviceable back throughout his time there, but another quality option for them. So I don't, I think if Brees Hall comes back and is the guy that we saw, uh, you know, from, from weeks three through six or whenever that stretch that he had that he really just took over, he's going to be the guy over Dalvin Cook because I just don't I don't think Dalvin Cook has the special ability that Brees does at this point in his career. I think he'll be a, a perfectly fine option if Brees is not ready to go. But I don't think this changes Brees Hall's outlook necessarily. You're probably looking, again, first four to six weeks, you're going to be looking to start somebody else. Uh, you're hoping that the back half of the year Brees can heal up and uh, you know really take over this backfield. And that's the exact same analysis I would have had for him before this Dalvin Cook signing. So uh, I think if once he give, once he falls into round six, his upside becomes tantalizing. We'll, uh, we'll go through... Uh, in, a, in a couple days here, we'll, we'll release a running back draft strategy episode where we'll really break this down. So I don't want to you know, have this whole conversation right now, but I think I'm a little more interested in Brees just because he will be knocked down in drafts a little bit. And uh, again, I, I don't 
view Dalvin Cook as much of an option in my drafts, uh, especially where he's going to be going. I, I, we can just parlay this conversation right into that. Uh, Dalvin Cook, where would you be comfortable drafting him, or are you interested at all in uh, Cook as a fantasy option? Um, okay, so I I want to go off a point you said, and then I'll get into Dalvin Cook. So when, yeah, it, yeah, sure, um, sure. when it comes to Brees Hall, like you said, you kind of have to hold him for four to six weeks. If his value goes down to where he's a fifth or sixth rounder, people aren't going to have that same level of connection that they would have with a guy they spent like a third. I mean, some people even spent a second-round pick on a guy like Brees Hall. So right, for right. me, I think that opens up the opportunity to be able to trade for him if you see something that you feel like changes in the Jets' backfield. I think for the start of the season, Dalvin Cook is going to be the lead back. I think Brees is going to have to take it from him. He's going to have to shoot, show that he's a lot better. Not a lot, but he's going to show that he's better. Um, and then I just think Brees can be a trade-for candidate, whereas Dalvin can give you four to six weeks to start the season that gets you to a four-and-two, five-and-one record with a guy who you know could be going fourth, fifth round. Because both these guys are going to hurt each other's ADP. You know, Brees has fallen down to five-six. I wouldn't expect Dalvin to go much higher than – you know, the three, four turn mid fourth round, just because there's always going to be that threat of Brees Hall. Just when we saw Brees Hall last year, I mean, Dalvin Cook doesn't have that same breakaway ability Brees Hall does anymore. So um, with that being said, like I said, I think I said mid fourth, three, four turn, I would consider Dalvin Cook. Maybe if I go zero running back to start my draft, but um, yeah, again, whenever I'm drafting, when I'm drafting, I'm drafting for the first four to six weeks of the season, and then because your roster is going to turn over quite a bit, or should turn over quite a bit by sure. that point. Um, so for me, if I if I feel, and maybe again, I have to get, well, after we get through the draft uh, strategy, we're going to be doing some mock drafts where we'll really be able to put our name on this. I'd have to see who else is there, I guess, because. You know, I'm going to take a probably a Miles Sanders still over Dalvin Cook just because of opportunity. Oh, so, I, yeah, I, I'd say that that probably pushes Dalvin Cook actually more towards the four five turn if I'm just thinking about mock drafts. So, right, um, yeah, I, I, it's kind of tough for me. I'd probably say four five turn right now somewhere in the fifth round. I'd be okay with it, but I feel like he's going to go higher than that now that I'm talking it out loud and just talking forever. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. What, what's your opinion? Let's hear your side of it. Yeah, I'm. I, I think I'd I'd rather have Hall for sure over Cook. If you were just giving me one or the other, and um, even I'd probably play a round or two premium on Hall. Uh, again, assuming it's in at least round five, I'm not spending a top four round pick on either of these guys. Dalvin Cook, I'm pretty much just not interested in to be honest. I I think it's a pretty crowded backfield. I don't love the offensive line to begin with, and. Oh, I didn't um, think about that. You know, I that I so I'm I'm just a little concerned. Cook isn't going to be the featured guy off the jump just because they have good other other quality options. I think if you get him in round seven or eight where he's going right now in ADP, that's fine. But any higher than that, I'm not too interested. I, I think Brees in the sixth is interesting though. If he falls in anybody's uh, you know, if you have, so you have, if, you have, if you have some drafts this weekend, I could see people really just overreacting to this news. Brees hasn't had ton, a ton of time to uh, you know get out there and practice and look good, so. Uh, go ahead and take him in the sixth round if he falls there, especially if you're in like a 10-team league or something like that where upside is a lot more important. Uh, I'd go – I would take the chance myself. But it uh, sounds like you're a little bit little bit uh, more on Cook, which is fine. I think there are some people that would agree with you. So I, I just I just draft for upside most of the time when it comes to you know these situations. 
Yeah, and where you're going to be getting Brees, you you should hopefully have one or two running backs you feel good about, and then if Brees ends up breaking through, you feel really great about your running back situation. Whereas Dalvin Cook, you probably, like I said, he may keep you afloat through the first four to six weeks, but as you get into championship week, do you really want uh, old Dalvin versus a healthy Brees? Probably not. So Dalvin might be a guy if you do end up drafting, maybe if he has a good week, one, two, or three, try and move off of him quick. I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, but, yeah, like I said, when we get into the mock drafts, I'll feel a lot more confident with my answer when I see some other names and I'm put on the spot. But you're right. Now that I'm thinking of the names that go through round four, I don't think that I'd consider them. Maybe in the fifth round, like I said. But it would be something – I'd draft him almost as just I know I'm going to move off of him at some point, hopefully after a good week. Yeah, again, well, we'll rehash this running back conversation when we go through our draft strategy tiers uh, on our next episode. Uh, let's go ahead and jump through the rest of these news and notes. I'm going to fly through them, Cody. Stop me if you hear something that interests you. But most of this stuff is uh, you know, not quite as, uh, as much news as our previous two tidbits there. But Brees Hall, to stay on this conversation, he was activated off the pup list, which is good news. He should get back into team activities, hopefully – uh, we can see him maybe at least in a joint practice, maybe not a preseason game before uh, you know the regular season kicks off, but good to see him back on the practice field. Anthony Richardson was named the week one starter, so you can go ahead and confidently take him if you were you know wanting to wait on quarterback. He's a very high upside, uh, you know, very low downside option, but we've already kind of talked about how uh, we, we sort of like him as a flyer. JT, uh, that Jonathan Taylor expected back at practice this week, according to Shane Steichen. Still want to trade, apparently, but I guess they are. Uh, the Colts are expecting him back in the building at some point this week. Devontae Adams, this one was actually late last week. He left joint practice with a leg injury. It looks like it might be serious off the jump, but seems like he's going to be fine. I haven't seen a ton in the way of updates on this one, which makes me think it's uh, not a you know an incredibly serious injury. Still waiting for a timeline on his return. Terrace Marshall injured his back on Monday. He has not returned to practice yet. Again, uh, we're going to have to wait more information on that one. Kenneth Walker, he is back at practice. He's not in team drills yet, but he is off to the side doing solo work. So good to see him uh, again on the practice field off that groin injury. J.K. Dobbins also activated off the pup list today along with Brees Hall, deemed 100% healthy by the team. This is good news. Hopefully, again, we can kind of see him in a game or two uh, just so we are a little more comfortable with him. But uh, I think he's probably not still thrilled with his contract situation. I, I Again, I, now these running backs don't have a ton of leverage. I think he's going to have to play this year and play well to, uh, to get paid. And then on a, uh, a sadder note here to end this news and notes section, Alex Collins, a former NFL running back, only 28 years old. That really surprised me. I, I felt like he was a, a longtime NFL veteran just playing fantasy and knowing the name. For the Seahawks and the Ravens, he was killed in a motorcycle crash earlier this week. So, thoughts and prayers to his family. Very sad news there for Alex Collins. Uh, left way too young there. But Cody, do you have any reaction to uh, any of the uh, the tidbits that we had before that? Yeah, um, I'll just say something about the Alex Collins thing. I mean, twenty eight is crazy. Yeah. I don't know if you're twenty eight yet, but I know we're both approaching that age. So, yeah. I mean, that's right <laughs> in our close. age range. I mean, it's. It's crazy to think about. I mean, just the impact of, of of death and just leaving, like you said, his whole family, his friends, everything like that. So that's that's some Very sad, sad news. Um, so we'll we'll you know obviously rest in peace to Alex Collins. Prayers to his family. But we'll we'll move off of that. Try and 
not keep us down. Um, Anthony Richardson, I think, is great news. Um, if you have drafted him either in best ball or if you've already done your draft and you paired him up with a little Geno Smith action like we recommended, you get to see what he looks like week one, which I think is huge. If you had to hold him for two or three weeks without him playing, I wouldn't have liked the pick as much, so I think that's great news. And then, um, yeah, JT, uh, you're not getting traded, dude. People aren't trading for running backs. No one's going to trade and then pay you a big contract. So I right. just don't understand. I don't. I just don't understand that situation. Devontae Adams, he's. I think he'll be okay. Uh, Kenneth Walker, J.K. Dobbins. Hey, we need we need running backs, man. The running back pool is slim pickings when I'm in these mock drafts. So if we can get two decent ones, well, I think Kenneth Walker is really good. And then J.K. Dobbins back. Let's let's get him back. Let's get him healthy. That's that's some good exciting news. Yeah, I feel like we've been pretty pretty lucky on the injury front from a fantasy perspective. Uh, as I you know knock on wood there, trying not to uh, jinx anybody in tomorrow's practice, but no giant injuries from uh, at least a fantasy perspective so far this off season, uh, unless I'm forgetting something. But I guess other than Kadarius Noni, and even he will be back for Week One apparently. So again, uh, we've been pretty lucky so far. Hopefully that continues. All right, Cody, uh, let's go ahead and run through this week one preseason reaction. Some of this stuff I have actually read off of reports and maybe listened to off podcasts and can be deemed legitimate uh, analysis. Some of it I have just kind of forced on here because I wanted at least one note from each game. So some of this we can, again, just kind of fly through. Some of it we can uh, stop and have extended conversations on. But uh, let's go ahead and kick it off with the... Oh, excuse me. I actually have a uh, one more injury on the uh, the top of this top of this list here. This one is actually somewhat relevant uh, because of something we'll talk about later on. But Kendra Miller, he is a rookie running back for the New Orleans Saints. He suffered a minor knee sprain. He could miss a few weeks. He it's they said he should be ready for Week One, but this one. Uh, I think is worth monitoring for sure because uh, I think the Saints, I think they brought in Daryl Williams, who was kind of a depth piece guy for the the Chiefs for a couple of years and the Arizona Cardinals last year. But uh, this could affect his uh, standing on the depth chart for sure. For sure, being a rookie, I think, uh, you know, might, might push him down the depth chart a little bit just because he won't be able to participate in camp. Uh, do you have anything, do you have any reaction to that Kendra Miller news or do you want to just uh, jump into the rest of the reaction? Nope. I think if you want to draft Jamal Williams for the first three weeks of the season, again, later round running back, I think you could probably flex him almost right away if you're a little dangerous yeah. with it. Um, that That's perfectly fine. I think I'm probably off Kendra Miller just because he's losing out on his opportunity to kind of show that he could hold the role. Um, exactly. So, Again, late in drafts, I mean, if it's the last pick flyer, second to last round, I'll probably pick him up in a league or something. But Jamal Williams is the guy I want in New Orleans. And then if you feel like you can hold Kamara through the suspension, then Kamara's fine as well. But Kendra Miller just kind of slides down, unfortunately. I still think he's really talented. I think it was a second round, third round pick, one of the two. So, I mean, still a lot of draft capital there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's there's still a lot of hope for Kendra Miller. I just don't think it's going to be weeks one through three where we kind of thought he could maybe break out and steal some of Alvin Kamara's uh, backfield. Yeah, I think uh, for redraft, he's pretty much off your radar. And then, like you said, you can feel a little safer about drafting Jamal Williams as a three-week fill-in. Should He should have the majority of the work there for sure. Not likely to throw a rookie running back right in after uh, coming off that knee sprain. 
Uh, let's go ahead and start with the Texans and the Patriots. The Texans won 20-9. to uh, C.J. Stroud struggled off the start. They only gave him one, I think maybe two drives in this one, so uh, I'm not going to take too much from that. The Patriots obviously are a tough defense. Tank Dell, he impressed. This was mostly against the second stream with Davis Mills. Uh, but do you have any reaction to those two uh, tidbits, or are we mostly just overlooking these? Um, the Stroud one, I definitely am. I mean, even if he struggles through his rookie season, it's not anything that I don't think anyone would expect uh, for most rookies. Right. So not that worried about it. Tank Dell impressing, I think, is pretty sweet. I was watching, I guess, watching this game whenever I look up from my phone, I guess. Um, and it did feel like every time I looked up, Davis Mills was targeting Tank Dell. So I don't know if that's a credit to Tank Dell or if Davis Mills was just doing a one a one read Davis Mills throw. So um, I'm not too sure about that. I think if he comes out and impresses again in week two or – if Tank Dell is not on the field, I think that's a clear sign that he's going to be one of their lead receivers. So um, I, I think it's good news for him. I don't think I'm drafting him in a redraft league until I see something else, but he's on the rise, I would say. Yeah, Nico Collins, still my favorite Texans receiver to, dra uh, to draft with a late pick in my fantasy drafts. But Tank Dell becoming more interesting. Definitely worth uh, monitoring in keeper and dynasty leagues, obviously, but – uh, again, a really slight player, 5'10", 165 he is listed at. Uh, really hard to succeed in fantasy uh, with a player like that because he ends up being more of a bit player most of the time. But he looked really impressive. Again, hopefully we can see him more with uh, with Stroud. Maybe they'll let him play a half in one of these preseason games. We can see if uh, they have any chemistry. Uh, next game here, let's go Minnesota and Seattle. Seattle wins 24-13. Ty Chandler, the backup to Alexander Madison, impressed. He caught uh, a couple passes, made some nice moves. Didn't have a great stat line on the ground, but he wasn't working with much. If you watched any of the game, uh, he he actually did a lot with the carries that he did get, so I was impressed by him. And then Zach Charbonnet, he ran behind DJ Dallas in this one. Uh, again, a rookie getting his feet wet for the first time in any sort of NFL action. It's hard to know if that's you know just kind of the way the the veteran you know, hierarchy shakes out in this running back room or if this actually means he is the third string running back right now in Seattle. But uh, what did you think about those two? Um, Ty Chandler, I thought was pretty nice. I, I'm not going to hold too much stock into it, but I think that it is, um, you know, as you've been on, I don't think it's necessarily uh, locked and loaded that Alexander Madison holds it down all year. And then Zach Charbonnet, it's just he's a rookie. I think DJ Dallas probably does come out as the RB two to start the season, and then we'll see. We'll see Charbonnet worked in. I think he's, you know, he had the shoulder injury, so I wouldn't doubt if DJ's had more, you know, time with the with the unit that yeah. was out there on the field at that time. So I'm not really reading anything into Charbonnet. I was impressed by Ty Chandler though. The receiving chops you cannot argue. Uh, you cannot argue with. He he looked really good out of the backfield. Yeah, I think I'm interested in Chandler as a late round flyer. Uh, like you said, Madison has a you know not much uh, capital in his uh, in his past, and I I personally don't love the player as much as uh, some others. So I think there is opportunity there in that Minnesota backfield on a really good offense. If he can be a pass catcher, it uh, you know it makes it all the better. So maybe worth a late flyer if you're drafting this weekend, but someone to monitor for sure. Uh, let's go to Green Bay and Cincinnati. Green Bay wins 36-19. to 
Bengals did not really play anyone of note, uh, at least on the offensive side of the ball. I don't think they played many of note on the defensive side either, so I don't have any takeaways for them. But the Green Bay offense looked really good. Uh, and Jordan loves one drive. I'm pretty sure it was just one drive, but they scored a touchdown. Romeo Dobbs caught it. Uh, are you gaining steam on Dobbs at all uh, throughout camp? It seems like he's been getting decent buzz. Obviously, this game, you know, you don't want to take much from two targets, but he did score the touchdown. Uh, are you souring on Christian Watson at all, or uh, is this just kind of a throwaway? Uh, because again, it's just just a preseason game. Um, a little bit of a throwaway. One thing a lot of fantasy people say about preseason is if it affirms what you believe, then it is 100%, uh, <laughs> yes, it's 100% exactly. for you. And then if it's in the opposite, then it's just preseason. It doesn't matter. So, um, I, the one thing that I think concerns me the most out of green Bay is their offense did look good, but Jordan love, I think had a 4.6 yards, uh, per attempt. I think he had mm-hmm. 10 pass attempts and only got 46 yards. So, um, that's a lot of around the line of scrimmage passes, probably some dump downs in there. So I don't necessarily love to see that. Um, but with that being said, you know, Green Bay is probably not also throwing everything, you know, out there in preseason, especially against the Bengals backup unit. So it is what it is. I think he looked good for the passes he was making. It's just, if I'm really going to feel really good about my Christian Watson prediction, I think I want to see him push the ball a little bit more down the field. And then, yeah, I've, I've been on Romeo Dobbs as a late-run flyer in my mocks all off, all or whatever, 27 days that I've been doing them. So, um, yeah, Romeo Dobbs, he's consistently going in the very last round of my my sleeper mock drafts. And if you don't have a Green Bay wide receiver, I would take him there all day. Yeah, I don't mind him in late rounds either, especially in uh, half and full PPR leagues. I feel like, uh, like you said, if they end up going with an offense that is kind of quick hitting, getting the ball out of Jordan Love's hands, which I think would make some sense considering that uh, he's obviously not a rookie, but first year starter, we don't really know uh, what type of player he's going to be, but I imagine Matt LaFleur is going to try and make it as easy on him as possible. And uh, Romeo Dobbs fits the bill a little bit more of the, uh, the quick hitting wide receiver than Christian Watson does. So if he ends up, you know, being the target leader in Green Bay, it could be a you know nice return on your value late in drafts. Let's jump to Detroit and New York. Uh, pretty sure Detroit won this twenty-one to sixteen. Uh, Jameer Gibbs played. Montgomery sat. Uh, do we have any concern here? I think this one, sort of like the Charbonnet one, they're probably just getting the rookies' feet wet. Uh, I don't read too much into it but uh what do you think about it i guess i'm the gibbs guy so i don't want to come off biased here for somebody that is not as uh you know not as pro gibbs uh, let me know what you think yeah 100 uh montgomery at this point in his career is not an older running back but he's probably what 20 probably 5 through 26 somewhere in there so yeah, yeah if you could take reps off of him there's no reason to be running him in preseason especially if you're the lions and feel like you can get into the playoffs and maybe make a run uh, Jameer Gibbs should 100% be out there. Make sure that he's out there for the right blocking assignments if he has to be, or at least that he's doing the right things in those situations. So, yeah, 100% rookies got to – even the best rookies are going to play a little bit in preseason. You just got to get your feet wet to a little bit of NFL football and how the scheme is going to work. And then with Monty, I mean, with it being a new team, would you like to see him out there maybe for like a drive? Maybe, but it might. I honestly don't care. Like I said, he's a mid twenties running back. Keep the wear and tear off his body and, and let him be healthy for the season. So 
I don't look into this at all. Um, I would expect Gibbs probably plays a little bit in game two as well, and I doubt, I wouldn't doubt if Montgomery sits the entire preseason. Yeah, I, I don't read too much into it either. I was just kind of wondering if there was any uh, any concern from uh, an outside eye here, but uh, yeah, not much to look into. I think Gibbs looked pretty decent in the uh, the touches that he did get. Uh, another guy that's a rookie that this one I think is a little more concerning in my eyes. Uh, that is Devon A. Chain. Uh, this game was probably the ugliest game on the slate. The Falcons won nineteen to three, but there were two late uh, special teams and defensive touchdowns from the Falcons. So this game was six three with three minutes left in the fourth quarter. A really slow burn, but uh, Devon A. Chain he played late into the fourth quarter. I thought that was a pretty surprising turn of events there. Uh, again, this could just be sort of a get the rookies feet wet uh, type of thing. But these other guys we were talking about were playing first quarter and early second quarter snaps, not you know, getting a handoff with, I believe, three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. So a little surprising. Do you have any concern there? Nope. I think you nailed it. I think now the way, again, not trying to overreact to preseason, but I think this is some good relevant information. You don't like to see, you know, players playing what could be a fantasy relevant player playing with three minutes left in any preseason game. Um, So especially at the running back position where, you know, like we, like I say, it's a car crash on every play. Um, and I'm just looking at the other names that had rushing opportunities. Like, in my opinion, Devon A-Chain should be above all these guys on the depth chart just based on talent. So, um, yeah, I would say I'm a little bit concerned. I think if you can snag a Mostert or a Wilson late in drafts, I, I've been on that train um, a lot the past couple of weeks. I would say continue to do so. Uh, it's probably going to be a little bit of a headache that you're going to have to deal with, but you could draft a starting running back in the super late part of the draft. So um, I don't mind it. I'm probably cooling off a little bit on A-Chain, but A-Chain kind of has that unreal ability to probably take a screen to the house on any given play. So I could see his value really teetering just based on how the next game goes. Yeah, this one was a little concerning to me, especially because he ran behind Gaskin and those other guys you were talking about. I don't think he got a carry until the mid-second quarter. Uh, So, again, maybe this is just kind of a rookie taking his licks sort of thing, but uh, for a guy they drafted in the third round, I would expect a little more, uh, you know, TLC with a guy that is not very big to begin with, but they gave him 10 carries, got four catches, and a lot of it came late. So it seems like they're maybe trying to get him into the game to fix some flaws that he may have in practice. I, again, I'm not, I don't want to read too much into it, but slightly concerning. I think I was already on either Mostert or Wilson over a chain as a late flyer anyway. So maybe this is just confirming my suspicions, but uh, I think I need to see a little more from him before I'm back on a chain as a flyer in the 10th round. Uh, let's go to the Steelers and Buccaneers next. Uh, Steelers offense impressed in this one, in my opinion. I think Kenny Pickett only got one drive, but they threw it seven times. Pickett threw a touchdown to Pickens. Uh, that was a pretty impressive uh, impressive throw, good catch by George Pickens. But uh, are we rising on any of them, uh, or are you, you know, again, trying to fan the flames from a preseason game here? Um, a little bit of both. I've – not been necessarily super down on Steelers options. I feel like they're good values where they go in drafts. Um, I think we're going to get a lot of the same. It's going to be two wide receivers. You're going to have Deontay Johnson, who you're probably going to want in any form of PPR. And you're going to have George Pickens, who you'd want to play a non-PPR half because 
you know, if he's anything like last year, he's going to have limited targets, but he does something special with them once every other game. So if that's, I think we're going to be pretty close to that. It may be just a little bit better, but I don't think it's going to be a huge jump. Um, so like I said, where they're going now, I'm fine with. If people are rising on him and drafting him earlier, I'd probably let some other guys that I I probably like a little bit more fall to me, and I'd be okay with that. Um, my biggest concern still is I just don't think Kenny Pickett's a special talent. Like, yeah, you know, it, you know, for me, it's it's like when we're looking at guys like a, a Brock Purdy. Like, I just don't think he's a special talent. Like, if he had average wide receivers, I don't think he's elevating them. I'm not trying to call it Deontay Johnson and George Pickens average, but they're not Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and CMC. So I just think there's there's different levels to it. Um, but I, I think that they they're fine where they're at now. If they if they go up in value, I'm probably a little bit more concerned than as we sat before the weekend. Yeah, I I like Deontay Johnson quite a bit this year. I think I already felt that way, but this uh, them looking yeah. decent in preseason and uh, again getting some positive reports out of joint practices and such have kind of confirmed those suspicions for me. So uh, I I think that's the one guy that I would really say I'm rising on out of the group. But the rest of them, like you said, uh, it, we have to temper our expectations. Pickett didn't look great his rookie year, and he was a late first round pick kind of a forced late first round pick from a lot of people's view. So I agree with you. I think he, this is like a, a guy with a Kirk Cousins ceiling, but Kirk Cousins can sustain a lot of fantasy options on the outside. So if he can turn into that type of player, we could be looking at some, uh, you know, some, some breakout years from either Pickens or uh, Deontay Johnson here, hopefully for the Steelers offense. Let's jump to the Commanders and the Browns. The Commanders won 17-15. to I think this is a pretty similar situation to the Steelers, uh, Steelers game we just talked about. Sam Howell and the starting uh, offense looked pretty good in this one. Uh, I believe they got two drives, maybe three, but uh, they scored a touchdown on one of them. Jahan Dotson made a pretty uh, sweet catch. It was a nice route, uh, and he kind of made uh, a couple guys miss to get into the end zone there. Uh, I, I don't really think I'm changing my opinion on many people. I'm, I'm rising on Brian Robinson a little bit personally, but that's mostly because of camp reports about him being the uh, dominant first and second down runner. Uh, but are you you rising on any commanders, or was this, again, just a, uh, a preseason throwaway? Um, I will, I, my eye is going to be on the commanders because I think Jahan Dotson could be an absolute steal where he's Love going Dotson. currently in drafts. Love um, so if Sam Howell continues to look good, I will snack him up all day. My only issue with drafting commanders is I don't trust Ron Rivera as a head coach. Um, like I, I just, I get Jacoby Brissett's a fine backup, but like just, just name or just let Sam Howell be your guy. You don't have to make the little piddly comments about look out for. Yeah. I don't like know. that either. I, I, I hate like that. just bothers me so much. Cause just, just let your guy do his thing. If he's no good, everyone else is going to be able to see it too. And no one's going to question your decision, but if he's so, so, and some people like him, and then you make the decision because you want to, it's just an easy way to get fired. Even though, you know, a lot of people think he's already on the hot seat. So maybe he's, you know, a little hot in the kitchen for Ron Rivera probably right now. Uh, Brian Robinson though, I think is a good, uh, guy to bring up. I think that he in non PPR league should definitely be rising yeah. um, in any kind of half or uh, full point PPR. I'm a little bit more concerned about him just because I still think um, Antonio Gibson is going to be the third down back. But if Brian Robinson something. could hold first and second down for, you know, 70%, you know, 75% of the season, he's going to be a very valuable non PPR running back. Um, 
just gets a little dicey because there's always like, you know, like a Jarek McKinnon can just randomly catch five, six balls on a given week. And next thing you know, he passes Brian Robinson by a good amount. So non-PPR, or I'm sorry, half and full point PPR, I'm probably leaving Robinson where he's at. But in non, he's definitely a riser after this weekend. Yeah, I uh, I would agree with that. Definitely more attractive in non and maybe half PPR, full PPR, kind of tough to, to find him on the flex radar. But uh, we'll see how uh, this shakes out in the commander's backfield. Let's jump to the Colts and the Bills. Uh, I believe the, the Bills won this one 23-19, kind of a unique score there. Anthony Richardson was uh, kind of the story from a fantasy perspective here. He obviously was named the starter, uh, as I mentioned earlier in this episode. He had an embarrassing interception, but I thought looked actually okay overall. He had a beautiful deep ball to Alec Pierce in the uh, front corner of the end zone that I can't tell if it was broken up or Pierce just dropped it, but... Showed some impressive touch, and you can kind of just you can you can just watch him play and see his ridiculous athleticism. He just flicked his wrist, and the ball went you know 55 yards from uh, where he threw it. So I was impressed with Richardson, to be honest. I know the uh, the the interception was pretty bad, but uh, I think those those type of mistakes you just kind of have to live with uh, in his rookie year. Yeah, I 100%. You're gonna, he's gonna have those mistakes. Um, I did see a video breaking down that interception, and it does look like he audible something to that wide receiver that he supposedly missed. And yeah, he McKenzie might have ran a little route. bit. You're right about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that is the case, and maybe he ran a little, it was still a rough throw. I think it was going to be high, even if he did cut where yeah, he was supposed ex- to. Yeah, agreed. So it, it was still a bad throw, but everything else I thought looked great. If you feel good about, like, not feel good about the interception, but if you're okay with just thinking, hey, you know, Isaiah McKenzie ran a little bit of a wrong route right there. You know, if in worst case scenario, McKenzie gets a hand on it, maybe just drops it, and then he doesn't have that INT, he has a really good day and probably, you know, shoots up some draft boards. Um, the interception, I may actually use in my favor. I, I really liked what I saw out of Richardson. I actually have not seen a stat line. Did he run very much at all in his game? I think he only he only ran twice for seven yards. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, though. I was going to mention before we went to the next topic here that that doesn't concern me at all. I feel like in the preseason they are probably saying, hey, Anthony, we want you to work on throwing the ball, and we don't want you to get hurt. You know, We know you can run it. Uh, so, you know, don't. I would, I would just imagine they are giving him the red light most of the time uh, for, for running the ball. Absolutely. So this, that kind of is my point. When he audibles to that outside wide receiver, if it's a real game in a real situation, he may feel more comfortable just taking that ball and then just trying to do a QB draw up the middle for, right. who knows, 8, 10, 12, 24 yards. You, know, you never know with Anthony Richardson what, what could possibly happen. So, um, yeah, I think that they are not going to allow him to run in preseason, which they shouldn't, and he, that's going to be more of a – green light once the season starts and you know the Colts want to try and win some games so I I'm pretty bullish on Anthony Richardson for a guy who had to argue against him a couple weeks in our QB disagreement show may end up working out in Nick's favor there uh on the bill side Latavius Murray is rumored to have passed Damian Harris the 33 year old Latavius Murray still getting it done uh, so he may end up actually being the, you know, the Damian Harris in this uh, this offense, the goal line guy, the, the the occasional third down guy, but you know, maybe just somebody that can spell James Cook occasionally. I think this is probably at the end of the day just good news for James Cook because I don't think Latavius Murray 
poses as much of a threat to his first and second down work as Damian Harris might have. But if Latavius Murray is actually going to be the number two running back here, I, I would I would take that as good news for James Cook. And uh, I think he is someone I am rising on a little bit as well during this uh, training camp session. Absolutely. I, I really like me some James Cook right now. If Latavius Murray is going to be your number two, I think James Cook could have a really big year. Um, and I love the fact that there's just no, there's not even a question of who the number one is. Like Damian Harris and Latavius Murray are kind of in their own competition for number two. So uh, both for best ball and now for real drafts that are happening as soon as this weekend or maybe just happened. I think James Cook's a value where he's going right now. I wouldn't doubt it if um, if there's more news like this that comes out if he maybe goes up just a little bit. But I love his value. Totally agree. Bears hype season, baby. Justin Fields. Did you see? Did you Where's see Eric Justin Fields' stat line? Oh man, Justin Fields three for three throwing the ball, 129 yards and two touchdowns. Had about three air yards on those throws. Just you know, a real precision passer. Uh, all jokes aside, <laughs> DJ Moore took a screen pass to the house for 64 yards. I think that was just good to see from a DJ Moore perspective. Obviously, we know he's good. I don't think that's changing any of our opinions on him or Justin Fields, but. The Khalil Herbert uh, saga, I think he is probably the biggest riser from this weekend in general. Uh, I think he caught a he caught a bit of like a swing pass on a third and eight, and you know had a bit of a convoy on the outside and ended up scoring. Uh, so, are you rising on either one, either one of these guys? Or are you again trying to uh, just temper your expectations from a preseason game? Um, yeah, I'm going to temper my expectations just a little bit, just because I can't fold on all my arguments and I was anti DJ Moore, So <laughs> I'm going to just hold, I'm going to hold on that one for another week. But, uh, no, it was, I mean, they had the screen, the screen pass to, for a touchdown. I mean, if Carolina would have thought about getting the ball in this guy's hands more often, what could have been, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, looked, Shocking. looked pretty Shocking good, man. Play. I, I think, I think that he's definitely, I, I'm going to consider him more where he's going in drafts right now. I actually pulled up a mock draft on Sleeper. I mean, he's going right around Christian Watson, Terry McLaurin, Jerry Judy. Um, that's it. Yeah, yeah, like that's kind of the tier he's at. I, yep, that's right where he's going. I I don't mind it anymore. I was a little bit down on him, but now I understand it. Um, and then Khalil Herbert, I actually did a mock draft today on my lunch break. I was going to see if he jumped at all. Uh, I did not I see him go off. The I board. I imagine he will move up as the draft season goes on here. I think he was in the ninth, tenth range for most of the off season. Yep. But I would imagine in a lot of your home leagues, he's going to be closer to a round seven, maybe even a round six pick if he continues to uh, you know dominate the work in the uh, while the first team's out there. Yep, sleeper has not updated ADP yet because he still went in the tenth round today around like twelve o'clock. So. Uh, with that being said, if you are, I mean, obviously other people are going to hear the news, but if you can get him, I think anywhere past the seventh, the eighth round for a running back, I mean, he's a guy as late as he was going. If I was mock drafting zero RB, he was a must draft for me, even around earlier, because I kind of believe that, you know, for me, Chicago didn't move off of David Montgomery because they thought Deontay Foreman or Roshan Johnson was the answer. They liked who they had in-house and then just added on to it. So, um, I mean, if I was saying Khalil Herbert or James Cook, who would you take? 
I'll take James Cook. Uh, I think Herbert probably has a higher upside, but um, they both have the same problem where Justin Fields and jo- Josh Allen are probably going to steal some goal line looks from them. But I think James Cook probably, uh, you know, this one 60-plus yard screen pass aside, I think James Cook has a little bit more upside as a pass catcher. I, I think uh, we could expect Josh Allen's passing pie to be slightly bigger than Justin Fields' passing pie. So I would slightly lean Cook there. And because I, I am I am the one thing I'm worried about with Herbert is that his pass protection has been a, yeah. a sore spot for him in his career in years past. And, again, I think you, there was uh, some assignment that he missed in the first couple of drives of this game uh, as well. So that could be something that keeps him off the field. But uh, I, I like the talent quite a bit. I'm I'm rising on him. I, I, I would I would still lean Cook there, though. That's fair. I think he's probably right after Cook for me as well. The next running back that was drafted was A.J. Dillon. And I'm, I mean, I'm going to take Khalil Herbert over A.J. Dillon, I think, just about every time, unless I am, like, looking to – for a backup running back that could be I, – I don't even know any condition where I'd probably draft A.J. Dillon over Cleo Herbert. So I think I have a nice spot. That's right at the 7-8 turn. So I would say that's where I'd feel comfortable drafting him. But like you said, in some home leagues where some news probably gets people a little bit more excited because they're not, you know, a little bit more into the stats. And, you know, like like Nick said, the pass protection um, – I could see him going sixth round. You got an Eric Wagner in your draft. Watch out in the fifth round. Um, yeah. You just you never know the Chicago Bears fans, man. When they find a guy, they they will draft him. So I I like him. Like I said, seven eight turn, but I, I'd expect him to be gone by then in most drafts. I agree. Uh, we'll see how he uh, ends up shaking out the rest of the draft season here. Cody, let's go ahead and fly through these last few points here. Uh, there's not a ton Love of it. substance here, honestly. Again, I uh, I really tried to force these uh, a few of these topics, but we'll see what we have. <laughs> Carolina, they struggled pretty mightily against the Jets' defense. Bryce Young actually stayed in until the mid-second quarter, ended up with only 21 passing yards, though. Uh, the, the offensive line looked rough. I think a lot of the Jets' starters were playing on the defensive line, so... Uh, a tough matchup for them, but is there any Carolina wide receiver you are taking a shot on late in drafts, or are you avoiding them all as of now? Absolutely not. I will not draft a Carolina wide receiver. <laughs> is there any of them that you're interested in? I think DJ Chark would be the one I would take, uh, but I, I would I would like some more information here before I uh, make my decision. There's just a lot. There's a lot of options here. You could talk yourself into Adam Thielen. You could talk yourself into DJ Chark. Uh, Terrace Marshall had decent draft capital a couple years ago. Jonathan Mingo is the second round pick this year, so it is. It's going to be hard to guess which uh, you know which one of these moles out of the whack a mole game ends up being the the number one for Bryce Young. I think I'd rather just wait and maybe spend up on some fab if one of them impresses. I was going to say odds are whoever it is is going to be on waivers by when it actually yeah. happens. So that's that's why I probably wouldn't spend a draft pick on. Uh, let's go to Jacksonville and Dallas. Jacksonville wins 28-23, an unreal play by their third-string quarterback. I, I've never heard of the guy before. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Nathan Rourke, uh, he had a really sweet touchdown throw late in the fourth quarter. That means nothing for fantasy, but uh, go look up the play. It was pretty sweet. Again, just excited to have football back. But uh, Any concern for Christian Kirk? It seems like he may only play on three wide receiver sets. Uh, Jacksonville does run quite a bit of 11 personnel, but uh, with Tank Bigsby in the fold, they may try to go to more uh, two tight end sets and 
if Kirk's not on the field, that could be a problem for him uh, in the target department. Does this uh, does this concern you at all for his value? I actually liked him quite a bit uh, where he's going. Yeah, I thought I was going to be really high on Chris or Christian Kirk. Sorry, um, going into the draft process, I've kind of simmered out on him a little bit. Not necessarily from this game because again, it's preseason. You could argue that he did catch a touchdown from Trevor Lawrence, so maybe not the yeah, best game it, it, to, uh, to be fanning the flames on Christian Kirk. But still, I think the the. If he only plays in three wide receiver sets, I would be pretty concerned about that. Yeah, absolutely. And me personally, I mean, I I cannot lie. I have fallen into the Calvin Ridley hype. I will probably draft him. I know. In I'm trying not to. A, a couple different leagues. So I'm I'm in it, man. I, I'm not even gonna lie. The <laughs> past couple mock drafts, the past couple underdog drafts I've done, they've they've all almost included Calvin Ridley. I I think. Yeah, he looks great. He looks great, man. That's that's the biggest thing. Um, we'll see how the body holds up when he's taking, you know, real NFL hits. That's probably my biggest concern right now. Yep. But just, I that's that's my that's my thing, man. I, I think Calvin Ridley could be that guy. But Christian Kirk was paid a good amount of money to to be a guy here in Jacksonville as well. So I think I'm okay with Kirk where he's going now. Um, I don't expect you know to see too much more in the preseason that changes that opinion. I probably just won't draft him. I think I'd probably I'm going to talk myself into Calvin Ridley early, and then I'm just going to have to go with different guys where where he's going. Yeah, I think um, I don't know if I've shifted my opinion completely. I was definitely on Kirk more early in the offseason than Ridley. I just kind of wanted to wait and take the value, but uh, I have probably I've moved to the point where I like both of them where they are going. So if either one of them were to fall in a draft I was in, I'd be interested. But I no longer like Kirk at his ADP, and you know dislike. Ridley at his ADP, they both kind of leveled out for me. Uh, both the backup running backs uh, impressed in this one. Tank Bigsby looked pretty good, and Deuce Vaughn on the other side for Dallas. They really need someone to help take the load off Tony Pollard, so I think there's room for a second running back to have fantasy value. Maybe it is Deuce Vaughn, uh, as unlikely as it may seem from his stature. Uh, it It is really incredible to watch him run. He is, he is a really shifty guy and I imagine very hard to see for the linebackers behind uh you know big offensive linemen so we'll see if he gets a chance in uh, the regular season yeah I um listening to another fantasy football podcast they described him as uh Darren Sproles-esque which is I think a huge tagline to put on Deuce Vaughn if you feel like he is that shifty of a player so um that's great news for him the same podcast also talked about I mean, as weird as it may sound, he is so small compared to NFL offensive linemen. It is probably difficult to track him behind most NFL offensive lines. So he may have a little bit of just something going for him in that regard. And I mean, I would say in Dallas, I would prefer Tony Pollard to have more of a just a Zeke, more of a thumper if I was Dallas uh, personally. But Deuce Vaughn's impressing. If he's doing all what he was doing during the game in camp, I don't know how you take a look at – I can't even remember the guy's name that they have as their backup. It's uh, Malik Davis, I think. Yeah, is Malik Davis. Number two. Yeah. Rico Dowdle is there as well. Yeah, not, not inspiring I, names. I've never seen anything out of Malik Davis like I've seen out of Deuce Vaughn in one preseason yeah. game. So Agreed. <laughs> that that's that says a lot. I if I'm in Dallas, I think it's gonna be hard to keep Deuce Vaughn off of the roster. Now as for fantasy impact long term, I think it's more of a dynasty play. Maybe if something happens to Pollard, he may be a league winner if he really gets a large uh, role, but 
other than that right now, he's just a lot of hype. Rashad Penny of the Eagles, I think, was the other big story of the weekend, along with uh, Khalil Herbert, where we're actually, you know, potentially making some moves in our ADP. Uh, this one of my guys early in the offseason, but I have to admit, I am a little concerned about uh, the way these wins are shifting right now. Swift started the game, got the first couple carries, had a breakaway run at one point. Uh, again, I don't really care about the preseason results as much uh, with these veteran guys, but Rashad Penny played late into the second quarter, ran clearly behind Swift, and reports are is that there's been, there have been reports at Eagles camp that Kenneth Gainwell may end up being the main guy on first and second down. It's uh, it's all really muddy right now. It's making me think I should just avoid all of them. I think I've cooled on Penny. I'm not completely off of him. I'm okay taking him at his ADP, but I am no longer reaching, uh, you know, a round or two for him. Yep, I'm right there with you. I think Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, he goes undrafted in almost every mock draft I've done sure. for the YouTube I, page. So, yeah, if I, you want to take a shot on one of them, know. I'll use my last round pick on Kenneth Gainwell. Other than that, yeah, that's I think fine. I'm okay on. Like, I think uh, DeAndre Swift was a guy that I was going to mention in the. Um, uh, who was the guy we were talking about? Khalil Herbert sweepstakes. If you had, who would you take there? Khalil Herbert or? Um, Give me Herbert. I don't. Herbert, I don't want to yeah. try and guess how this situation is going to shake out. It just seems like they might roll four backs here, and it might be smart for them to do that. To be honest, so. One hundred percent. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't want any piece of it right now. I feel like Philly has always had some kind of a running back by committee. I mean, Boston Scott's been there forever. He's been one of them. So they're just kind of doing what they've been doing, which is, you know, when people tell you what they are, believe them. So uh, I'm not. Yeah, they have a lot of bodies and they have a lot of bodies they trust. I think that is the the issue here where it's just going to be very hard to predict how this is going to go until we have a couple weeks of information and, you know, you're going to have to draft your players before then. So I think I'm leaning towards other options at this point until new information presents itself. Penny is also, uh, he might not make this team because of what you said uh, with the other backs. I think they're, they probably only have room for four running backs. Most teams carry four. And uh, there's a chance if Penny isn't the main guy on first and second down that his role, uh, you know, is he's not going to be a special teams guy, not going to be a pass catcher. So if he doesn't have that role, he might not have a spot on this roster, which would be disappointing for best ball drafters and myself alike. Uh, Baltimore won their 24th straight preseason game. That is just insanity. I, I don't know how that's – how is that possible? I have no clue, but uh, that is a pretty funny stat. Uh, it's right. like, a, it's uh, like a team going on like a, a three-year run of winning the NBA Summer League every year. It's like, do yeah, we really exactly. congratulate this? <laughs> yeah. Or? yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's cool, I guess, but it's, it is, uh, it's just a really weird thing that they have actually pulled this off 24 straight times. But yeah. Uh, Cody, your first team defense looked a little rough against this Saints offense. Um, I, I don't know if I'm really worried about it if I'm a Chiefs fan, but I think the Saints offense looked pretty good. Alvin Kamara looked pretty good. Uh, I was I've been high on him throughout the offseason, so I'm not moving him up, but I am becoming more convicted, especially with this injury to uh, Kendrick Miller, that Cal- Kamara is worth a a sixth or seventh round pick if you uh, you know you're playing the the RB game, maybe uh, you're. You know, you're willing to, to to draft somebody in the seventh or eighth round that you can live with for a couple weeks, and then you get an upgrade to a, a solid RB two, in my opinion, in Camara uh, this year. Yep. Right now, sleeper earlier today, early sixth round pick on Camara, going Oof, around guys like Cam Akers, Alexander Madison, 
and then Damian Pierce was a little bit before him. But uh, would you take Kamara over that bunch of Madison, Akers, and Pierce? I'd rather have Pierce. I don't love Akers and Madison, so I might, but uh, that's a tough Mm -hmm. one. I like... I like this NFC ADP a little more. They have them at 78, right. which puts them in the middle of the seventh round. Uh, that yeah. would be perfect there. But early sixth is a bit rich for somebody you are going to have to wait three weeks for and still might share with uh, Jamal Williams once he comes back. I think Kamara's kind of always had that second guy in the New Orleans backfield. So Jamal Williams doesn't scare me that much, but it does cap his upside, especially around the goal line, just a bit. So you have to kind of consider that. Uh, but yeah, seventh round, I'm all in on Kamara at that spot. Yeah, I, I'm very excited about the way that he looked. Uh, Justin and I's dynasty team was uh, kind of wavering a little bit this offseason on whether or not we should try and trade or try and go for a championship while we have a pretty solid core, and Kamara's a part of that. So if he looks as good as he did in the preseason game, I think our chances of, of winning something go up quite a bit. So very, very excited about that. And I'm right there with you. Uh, me personally – I think in most drafts, he's not going to go this high. I feel like the sleeper AI just, you know, it's basically right off of the list to a certain degree. So I think that whenever you're drafting, you know, you're going to have to draft him as probably a, a third running back in the seventh round to feel comfortable with adding him to your team. So, um, yeah, I, I'd expect in a lot of home leagues, especially with the suspension, he doesn't go to the seventh, which I'm perfectly fine taking him there. Um if he if someone does reach for him in the sixth, they can have him. I, I think I'd rather have I think Pierce and Akers for sure, and then I'd probably still consider Madison over him, but I'd, I'd be a little shaky on Madison. Last game here, uh, San Francisco and Las Vegas. The Raiders did not play uh, basically anybody that uh, will be starting for them this year. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers did not really either, but uh, for those dynasty owners that are still clinging to Trey Lance, hope he had a pretty rough outing. His actual, his actual stat line doesn't look too bad, but this is one of those instances where you had to watch the game. I don't know if you saw the touchdown pass that he had, but he basically threw what should have been an interception. It bounced off the defender's hands right to uh, his tight end, I believe, Ross Dwelly. So uh, not exactly what you want to see from Trey Lance three years into his career at this point. Uh, he is really circling the drain from a uh, you know just a, a quarterback career standpoint at all. We'll, uh, we'll see if he can resurrect it, but looking like the 49ers tossed away three first-round picks for just about nothing. Yeah, they 100% tossed away three first-round picks for nothing because Sam Darnold came in, I believe, to start the second half of the game and looked really good in the third quarter. So I would say Sam Darnold's their backup without a question, and Trey Lance is trying to cling on to the third spot for the new NFL rule where you can draft or dress three quarterbacks. So it does not look good for him. What What's crazy, if you go back, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance were both taken during the COVID draft, I believe. Uh, Trey Lance obviously did not play uh, at North Dakota State his, what would have been, I think, his junior year. And then um, Zach Wilson played a BYU schedule that was kind of watered down due to you know some teams not playing. So it is just crazy when you go back and you look at the fact Justin Fields from Ohio State played football the entire season, put up good stats, just gets completely overlooked for Zach Wilson and Trey Lance, and both of them are clinging on to hopefully starting an NFL game once again in their career. So crazy when you look back on the fact that that he was taken third overall. But 
Um, yeah, I, I think it's a complete waste of three picks. We don't have to get into the 49ers tonight, and they're just extremely lucky. They have an amazing team. Otherwise, you know, they're GMing. They, apparently their GM would be a little bit on the hot seat if you go back to this Trey Lance pick. So, And the TD was just nuts. I couldn't. I watched it, and I thought it was an interception. I had to rewatch the video to see that the ball actually was not caught and then caught by Ross Dwelly. So, yeah, I, I don't know. The 49ers, you better hope Brock Birdie can keep on his little win streak he had going because Trey Lance is not it. Do you have anything else uh, that you wanted to talk about from preseason week one, or do you want to get out of here? Nope, I've ranted enough tonight. My voice is about to give out. <laughs> Sounds I will, good. Uh, uh, you know, go to, go to Cody, go ahead. All right, I was just going to say, like, comment, subscribe, all the good stuff. Check us out on social media. Check out the TikTok, Twitter, Instagrams, all that kind of good stuff for fantasy football content. Pretty much every day. If you don't follow the Instagram, I basically take every bit of information and throw it on our Instagram story. So if you ever just want to look back on the NFL news and notes for a day, just take a look at the Instagram story. That should have just about everything that that happened. And if I miss anything, call me out on it because I want to be really good about that. So uh, check that out. And then, um, yeah, check out, subscribe, all that good stuff. Nick, what's your what's your final words for the people before we get them out of here on this Wednesday? Let's look forward to maybe a couple more starters playing in week two so I don't have to force uh, you know, news items onto the dock. But, uh, yeah, I'm just excited for football to start up and uh, my first draft this weekend, so wish me luck. Awesome. Yep, good luck. Peace out, everybody. Peace. Peace.